Warning, this episode will spoil key plot details for the video game Danganronpa. It's been 10 years, if you still haven't played and want to, just stop listening. Posted four years ago to r slash Danganronpa. Hello, super high school level Redditors and reserve course students. A little bit of background about me. I am a professor of English at an American university who just so happens to be a Danganronpa fanatic. TLDR. I teach English composition by exposing college freshmen who have never watched anime before to Danganronpa. This post also includes some of their initial reactions as well as information about their first paper topics. Background. Our English faculty is given a large amount of freedom to teach general education courses, and one of my responsibilities this semester is to teach incoming freshman composition. The teaching outcomes I am obligated to focus upon include rhetorical strategies, thesis construction, research techniques, and evidence-based argumentation. No, that's wrong. As a lifelong anime fan and gamer, I somehow managed to super high school luck my way into turning my passions into something valuable as an educator. Around April or May, I decided to do an LP of Danganronpa 1 and 2 Cold, and ended up falling in absolute love with the narrative and characters. It was around this time that I was expected to be submitting my course syllabus for approval. Given my prior course or conference work involving my specialty, games of death and popular fiction, including Battle Royale, The Hunger Games, and The Running Man, it wasn't a stretch by any measure of the imagination to get Danganronpa, Trigger Happy Havoc, and Danganronpa, The Animation, approved as official coursework for my incoming college freshmen. Some information about how this has gone so far. Course enrollment cap is 20. Right now we only have 15, seriously, and the drop deadline has passed. That being said, I am still looking out for the 16th student lying hidden somewhere in this school. Our class meets twice a week and we watch one episode of Danganronpa the Animation, dubbed English class, at the very start of class. The rest of the class period is oriented around discussion of the episode and starting on the evening's homework. At the very beginning of the first day, I introduced myself and then asked every single member of the class to introduce themselves one by one, name, major, and to answer the following question. If somebody asked me what my ultimate talent was, what would my answer be? Answers were very diverse and included things like playing soccer, studying, gaming, and martial arts. Only one of the students admitted to being an anime fan, and only three of them admitted to have ever seen any anime before in their lives. They are all 18 to 19 years old and immediately entered college after high school graduation. Afterwards, I talked to them about my syllabus and how this would be a class themed around the examination of cross-cultural exchange, normative-slash-deviant behavior across international boundaries, and stereotypes. Not a single one of them knew what Danganronpa was or had even heard of it before, and I did not bother to hide my sinister grin about this. After we watched the first episode together, their first assignment was a simple summary of what the hell it was they just watched, linking it back to a blog post written on an external site about the perception of anime in western culture. I knew that this would be the make or break. I was completely ready for a response of several students dropping the class, a couple phone calls from academic affairs, and a resignation letter pre-written by my boss with a spot for my signature left wide open. However, reactions were surprisingly positive. Example reactions from students who don't watch anime watching Danganronpa for the first time. 
In my 12 years of attending school, I have never encountered a class that will connect anime into a topic and be part of a lecture. From only seeing the first episode of this series and the concept of the story, you know that this will show a lot of violence. As said in the story, the only way for one student to leave the school is to survive and get away with murder. That concept of a story will never be acceptable to American viewers, especially that it will be a common guess that probably 90% of the characters in this series will die. You see, people may judge a lot without knowing the culture of things, but actually having the time to watch things such as this and paying attention to it can change the perspective of someone like it did mine. Personally, I never really took the time to watch anime because I believed it was all things mentioned in the article. I thought that it had too much nudity, cursing, violence, and so on. Although, I may have only watched one episode with my classmates and professor. In just that one episode, I was able to see. Anime may not be for everyone, but every culture has its differences, and it shouldn't be criticized for being what it is. One of the quotes stated in the article that I was able to relate to Danganronpa was, the Japanese acknowledged that death was a part of life by occasionally allowing characters to die. I believe that this easily relates to Danganronpa due to the fact that anyone in the show can possibly die. Many American shows and cartoons refrain from this due to the fact they, don't, they want to please their audience by keeping the protagonist alive. It is to my understanding that certain people might not want to watch anime such as this one, mainly because of this ideology that Japanese anime creators have with killing anyone. Overall, I think anime is not everyone's cup of tea, and it pertains to a specific set of people that enjoy the weirdness and creativity that comes with Japanese anime. The anime world is known for containing string sexual references in its work which is normally seen as a wrong since here in America cartoons are usually for children and children's material should not contain that material. Well, we're literally one episode in Dang and Rampa, and we've already heard at least five sexual jokes that are really passive and quite obvious. Especially when Nagi talks to her about Mizono, since he seems to have your basic high school crush on her. The belief is that all anime is about long-legged, big-breasted women when this isn't the case. I can back up this statement by linking it to the show and on how the character Chihiro Fujisaki is not long-legged and also does not have big breasts. Danganronpa, a television series, was presented to me during class on a Monday afternoon. When the first few minutes of the 25-minute show started, I was honestly confused. It had to do about several students, in every way typical stereotype students you can find at any high school, getting admitted to this perfect government-funded high school, but later finding out that they are to stay in this high school permanently. Not only that, but the principal was this creep, half-good, half-evil-looking bear that is able to explode, and another reappears in an instant. The only way that they can seem to escape this prison-like school is by killing another student. Then, they are let free. There is no way of getting any type of outside help with them being limited access to basically anything, and everything they have, or, or more, say given to them, is being monitored at all times, having not privacy whatsoever. 
the character that most intrigued is Kyoko Kirigiri, since her ultimate is unknown to everyone. It makes me wonder what her ultimate can possible be, and it gets me to think that she can be a mix of all her other friends. There are so many possibilities and honestly keeps me wanting to see more and what her role is on the show. Watching this show, I noticed the things that were stated by the way the characters looked, such as Junko and Sukura. How Sukura is all ripped and aggressive and strong looking, being that she is a woman and doesn't really seem like it, and Junko being very stylish and how her body is shaped. Overall, I'm interested to see how this particular anime plays out. Since Monday, that is the only time I watched or engaged in anything that has to do with anime. I never really got into it where it would be easy to understand it. When I watched Danganronpa, it was actually interesting in a way. If you're really paying attention, not being a fan, I noticed it was really suspenseful and action-packed. The author states, Anime sexuality appears in two parts, nudity and clothing of the characters, usually associated with female characters, then the actual sexual orientation of a given character. Various female characters are portrayed as necks are thin, the heads are big, the breasts are big, and the hips are small, and sometimes seen with skimpy clothing. An example would be female character Aoi Asahina. As I was viewing the first episode, one thing that is noticeable is that that she is the one that is showing more cleavage than the rest of the, the girls. She is also one of the prettiest from the group that attend Hope's Peak Academy. Danganronpa's first episode carries many of these characteristics. The characters, such as the girls, are dressed in dresses and skirts, where their bodies are slim, big-breasted, small-waisted, and have big heads. Another trait that was noticeable is the darkness of the show. All the characters are locked in a school with no way out but to kill someone. Right off the bat, we can infer that there will be plenty of violence throughout the series. The TV series also contains profanity in doing so making it the perfect anime. Oh my god. In my opinion, I don't care for anime. I feel this way because they portray characters in such a different way. Each character you can tell everything about them by the outfit or characteristics. Such as Junko Inoshima, she's the ultimate fashionista. Which, even if in the beginning of the show they didn't tell you this, you'd still be able to tell everything about her just by looking at her. She dresses the part, speaks in a preppy slang, is a blonde... All of these signs point to a normal fashionista high school student. Each character has a very specific vibe to them. I themed the lecture of each class day centered around the episode that we watched. For example, the first class trial episode invoked evidence-based argumentation and how to present evidence in an academic paper. Some days were spent less on technical features and more on thematic concerns for the course. For example, the Chihiro Mondo episodes provoked a lot of productive discussion on ideology, discourse, the construction of gender, and social norms. Fast forward to today, four weeks into the class. We have made it past Mondo's execution, and on that same day, I introduced the topic of our first essay, examining one character in Danganronpa and a stereotype they represent, and compare slash contrast them to another fictional character, from anything else of their choice. If the characters are argued to be similar, then they have to discuss whether those characters are portrayed as sympathetic or unsympathetic, and whether that justifies the use of the stereotype in question. If the characters are different in the sense one rejects a stereotype, 
They merely have to explain how this decision makes one character better or worse than the other. The stereotype could be as abstract as a behavior or attitude, or as clearly defined as a stock character slash trope. I canceled class this week in favor of one-on-one -on -one opponents to discuss their progress on this paper and help them brainstorm slash edit slash format, and am incredibly impressed with the choices they have made. And there's a very long list here of characters that you do not care about because it's Danganronpa. But I will list the non-Danganronpa characters that are mentioned. Norman Bates from Psycho, Lex Luthor, Popeye, John Cena, who is not fictional, Misa Amane 